Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading episode 6 of the Bullpen Cart, the Thunderblog's baseball podcast. Had a lot of fun recording this one with my buddy Greg Piatelli and his buddy Steve Geisenheimer, who hopefully can come back on the podcast in the future. We preview the NL East today as well as make our picks for the playoffs and for individual awards. So if you haven't listened to the first five episodes, I do recap those picks, but I do suggest going back and listening to them anyway for our full analysis. But without further ado, here is the NL East. Welcome to episode six of the Bullpen Cart, the Thunderblog's baseball podcast. I, of course, am the G-Man here with the only guy who can keep me in check with my Philadelphiaisms, my buddy Greg Piatelli. What's up, buddy? Not much. Uh, Bruins are winning. Celtics are in the playoffs. April, April, 3rd, April 3rd, Monday. Sox on the, on the hunt for the World Series championship. Ooh. Good, good weekend. Good day. Good Ooh. day. Good day. Good day. We'll get to uh, we'll get to the World Series in a little bit. Here as well is Greg's uh, Greg's buddy Steve from Syracuse. And Steve, how you doing today? Doing well, man. Uh, so Steve is a Mets fan. I alluded to this earlier. Wanted to try to get someone on who is a fan of another team. We're doing the NL East today to wrap up our divisional previews. And, guys, how do you guys think the National League East is, is looking for this year? It's a strong division, I think. Uh, you know, very top-heavy. Uh, I think there's a big drop-off after the first two. But, uh, you know, the Braves aren't going to be bad, but they're one of those middle-road teams. Yeah. Uh, picking up Bartolo Colon was a huge, huge pickup. Big, sexy. You can get to him later, but uh, no, I think they'll be good. Um, I'm not sure that they can beat the Cubs or the Dodgers, but playoffs are a different animal. Yeah, we'll get to there. Steve, what about you? How do you, how do you think it looks? Uh, I think it looks very top heavy. I think you got the Nationals and Mets looking like they can. Uh, Really the class of the division. Then you got, you know, the Marlins, Phillies, Braves, Phillies, the Braves, both the rebuilding mode. Don't really expect too much out of them. And the Marlins, you know, they got a good outfield. They don't really have a lot of questions on the pitching staff, but I do think it's very top heavy. It should be a great race between the Nats and the Nets, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, we'll get to those in a second. As always, start from the bottom and go up. So it pains me to say this. <laughs> Greg knows where this is going. At number five, I got my boys. I got the Phillies. Number five. What about you guys? I agree with that. Uh, unfortunately, you. I do think you know they're very much rebuilding mode. They have a lot of question marks around the around the entire field. Yeah. Uh, you know, huge questions about Nolan Velasquez. You know, they kind of tailed off towards the end of last season. You know, you question maybe they'll have a little bit of a sophomore slump. Um, and you just wonder where the offense is going to come from. You know, I mean, Cesar Hernandez is a solid player. Freddie Gomez is a solid player. Other than that, a lot of question marks uh, around the field for the Phillies. So, I, I actually had the Phillies fourth. Um, I personally, I know, big time. I personally love uh, Clay Bebe. I think Buckholz will do well in the National League. A lot easier than the American League. Uh, you know, big pickup, Michael Saunders. Uh, and then, uh, you know, obviously losing Ryan Howard, Mr. Subway himself. Uh, you know, he's not launching subs into the outfield stands anymore, but... Uh, not hitting the McDonald's sign. 
Like Steve's, yeah, exactly. Like Steve said, the uh, where the offense is going to come from is a big concern. But um, yeah, I, I put them fourth just because of one person and one person only, and that's Clay Buckles. Yeah, that was sort of my thought when they picked up Clay Buckles. Obviously, getting him from your Red Sox, I think he hopefully can provide some veteran leadership. I definitely agree with you, Steve. I think the the Nola Velasquez. And even to a degree, Ikoff, where they're going to come from this year. Especially Nola coming up a couple of years ago and, and being pretty strong then. But he fell off at the end of 2015, really fell off last year, kind of the whole season. And Velasquez was hurt a little bit, so you got to wonder if that's going to affect anything. And then you're looking at Hellickson, who's slated to be the opening day starter. He pitched in the whole season last year, so you got to think, hopefully think he's – Going to be the durable guy. The offensive side, I'm a little more bullish on. Uh, I don't mean to make a pun there about El Torito, Odobel Herrera, who's probably going to be the Phillies' lone all-star once again. Um, he does pretty well, pretty good at on-base. He did fall off towards the end of the end of last year, so that's something you got to wonder if he can keep that up. Um, but, I mean, hopefully Michael Franco does pretty well. Tommy Joseph could do well. Um I mean, he's not the long-term future. They announced today Brock Stassi is going to make the team. He did pretty well in spring training. But, I mean, you guys are absolutely right. Other players that you could hope do well, but it's a lot of wishful thinking that I think comes up short in terms of that fourth, fifth race. Yeah, so here's the problem is that, you know, yeah, they're young, yeah, they're rebuilding, and we can get them this later, but... This whole sell all our top guys and try and rebuild with all these young guys. Yeah. It worked in Tampa Bay. They they, they came up short. It worked in Kansas City. It is working. But uh, as you guys touched on your last podcast, they're, you know, all those guys are coming into contract now. But I'm not sure the Phillies have the talent in their farm system to make it like those other two teams did. Yeah, they have some. uh, But. I mean, the big way that they're going to rebuild is get the guys who are the talent up and then buy to fill the rest of the holes. I mean... So I guess the, that was my next question, was when do you think J.P. Crawford comes up? Yeah, I think he comes up at some point this year. I think Freddie... Hope, you kind of hope Freddie does pretty well. He can... You get Who's Freddie? Freddie Galvis. Fredward, oh, yeah. as I like to call him. Uh, he can get some pop on the ball. He did pretty well last year um, in, in doing that. You know, but you got to wonder if that is the long-term solution, which it isn't. J.P. Crawford probably will come up, but you got to wonder when does that? When do they pull that trigger? And to answer your question before, they aren't really, they can't really sell anybody except for maybe Buckholtz, which is you know one thing that a lot of me and Matt's friends think is sort of the play is that he gets a National League bump and then gets. Flipped, I think that that at least on a veteran leadership end, he could be, you know, very valuable on that end. All right, moving on. This uh, enough about the worst team in the division. Second worst team in the division. Pains me to say, but yeah, I, I got the Braves in fourth place. Greg, you have them in fifth. Why do you have the Phillies oh, edge in the Braves? I have the Marlins in fifth. Oh, whoa. We could opt the Braves. Yeah, let's let's talk the Braves. I got them. Wait, where is, wait, where is I've got them in fourth. I've got them in fourth. Yeah, okay. The Braves in fourth? 
I do think they have some upside, but I just at the end of the day, I think they're going to sell off a lot of their assets. They're clearly rebuilding for the future. You know, they got Danzy Swanson, they got Freddie Freeman, they got Julio Tarot to build around. You know, just opening a new stadium, so they want to still competitive. But I think by by July, they'll have sold off a lot of their parts. You know, Martolo Colon, R.A. Dickey, um, and I think that. After that, I think they'll uh, you know start to tail off, regardless if they get off to a good start or not. But I don't think they're as good as the other three teams in the division. No, I agree. I think uh, you hit the nail on the head. Really, I think they keep Julio around. I'm not sure Ari Dickey if he has a good year coming back to the National League. I would hope, um, especially when you play the Phillies 19 times and maybe have two or three starts against them. Uh, Bartolo Colon, solid year last year at the Mets. Probably will do pretty well at the Braves. It's tough to say what the new park and how that's going to affect it, but I think that, that uh, you know some of the other guys that are that are around there, some of the more veteran guys, Brandon Phillips, Matt Kemp, Nick Markakis, they could have good years. Um, I think it's not enough to get to third. I almost put them up there, and we can talk about our opinions on the Marlins. But, Greg, let's hear why you have them up in third. Well, it's just everything you guys kind of touched on. You know, they added a lot of veteran guys, added a lot of guys who, you know, have had success. Um, you know, even like Brandon Phillips and A.J. Pruszynski, you know, guys who are full of fireballs. But, you know, Your boy. a couple fights, couple couple scuffles they get into, new ballpark. I think, you know, they get off to a good start. I think they, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, it's, I think they're going to be third. It's an easy division to be third and be terrible still at the same time. So, um, you know, plus Freddie Freeman is Freddie Freeman. So, yeah. you know, he's... Yeah, we didn't even touch on him. They have talent. They have, you know... Um, Ari Dickey, I think he does really well in his return to the National League. Um, you know, he, he found success with it. Bartolo Colon is one of the more exciting players just because of uh, how out of shape he is and how unbelievable, unbelievably successful he is despite being 100 years old and 100 pounds overweight. But it works, and he gets the job done. So, Did you see um, that on an ESPN article, they kind of ran through significant dates the MLB season, and like, they try to estimate when players are going to hit certain milestones? And yeah. a couple of them, they just like they have throwaway jokes. One of them, I think it's when the, the Braves are in Cincinnati. They estimate to be Bartolo Colon's second career home run. <laughs> <laughs> I read that. I thought it was hysterical. Steve, two former Mets on the Braves. You know, R.A. Dickey, Bartolo Colon. What do, what do you think here? Yeah, it's tough to see Bart there. It's tough to see Bart leave. But, you know, he's been in the We've got the rotation back. We didn't really need him anymore. And, yeah, I hope he finds success. I definitely think he'll be one of those guys who would at the deadline. So I'm glad would love to have him. So uh, we'll see how it goes for us. Do you think he was really bummed he missed that steakhouse picture with the other Mets pitchers? Mainly because he missed the steak? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's had a special share of steaks. He's had a special share of steaks with the brain staff. So you know, he, the man never misses a meal. Yeah. A lot of good barbecue in Atlanta. I've, I've been down there a few times visiting some buddies, and it's. If you like if you like your meats, you're not going to uh, miss out on a on a good hearty meal there. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be just fun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's move on up to my third place team. And Steve, it sounds like you also have the Marlins third. Yes. 
And Greg, you have them fifth. Let's uh, let's hear this hot take. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple, it's one of those things where I think, rest in peace, we don't have to say his name, mm-hmm. you know, I think he single-handedly won them, what, 18 games a year? You know, that's, that's a huge swing. Yeah. And to lose those games, and let's say they win, you know, Let's say they win half of those games. Let's say they win nine of the 18 that he would have guaranteed them to win, which is saying a lot, and I don't think they're going to do, which is why I have them last. But, you know, let's say they do that. And, you know, I think that even then, nine games, a nine-game swing is not, compared to an 18-game swing, it's not, a, it's, it's a huge significance between third and fifth. And I think that because of that reason, losing him, you know, uh, losing Mike Dunn, Fernando Roddy, a couple of their back-end bullpen guys that saved them some close games. They had a lot of one-run games last year. I think losing those guys as well uh, hurts them in the long run and, and puts them down below even your humble Phillies. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the back-end of the bullpen, and I might just be really bitter about how Genmar started off really well, but the Phillies' bullpen is nothing to write home around. Hector Neres can throw it hard, but... They struggled a lot last year closing the door, and even if the Marlins are half as bad as that, they'll probably still come out ahead, especially with that offense. I mean, and I was thinking, you know, Philly's an easy ballpark, so you get the ball up in the air, it flies pretty far. So, I mean, yeah, you got you to gotta figure the Phillies win some games because of how easy and how terrible their ballpark is. Well, we can get to how well Bryce Harper hits there, but... <laughs> It's a lefties ballpark, which is why Chase Utley and Ryan Howard did as well as they did when they were here. Stevie G, Marlins. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a fan. I think I like like you said, I love their offense, specifically the top of the lineup. You know, they got a 50 stolen base guy in Gordon, and then that outfield Ozuna, Yelich, Stanton. I mean, that's yeah. three quality hitters right there. Might be one of the best, if not the best, outfield in baseball. One thing about them is the real question is the pitching. I mean, you mentioned the bullpen, but even before that, the starting staff is a bunch of question marks. Edison Bolkes, Dan Straley, I mean, Wei Yin Chan, all these guys are solid, but none of them are great. You wonder if, you know, they're the type of team that could just go on a long losing streak. As you mentioned, uh, you know, Jose Fernandez, a lot of leadership watching the clubhouse, and I think their pitching staff could really struggle a lot this year and can hold back uh, even the success of their offense. Yeah, that's definitely their biggest question mark. Um, I saw I saw the the Marlins. I think the m- most out of the NL East teams that I happen to go see last year. I saw Tom Kohler pitch twice, and I mean he can hit the zone pretty well. But it's it's definitely something where if a more experienced offense can get to him, it's not going to end well. And I think Greg, you're talking about the bullpen. I think the middle of it as well can be a huge, huge issue for them. So I can definitely see where a fourth-place finish for the Marlins can happen. I guess I, if I can be a, an optimistic Philadelphian, which is very rare, uh, <laughs> I can see them come in fifth place. But like you guys... Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what I was saying before, that the bottom three is really... Yeah. It, you could swap them all, and, and Steve mentioned it. It's yeah. top-heavy. I was about to heavy. say the same thing, yeah. Yeah, the fact that, that it's such a huge gap between the Marlins, Braves, and Phillies and the Mets and the Nationals is sort of the name of the game in the 
In the division, I think you still see Stanton do his thing. Uh, Yelich, like, like Steve said, it's just a solid hitter all around. Always a threat to get on yeah. base. We saw it in the World Baseball Classic. And I know it's still spring baseball, but I think it's still – he looks like he's he's ready to go, and I think the Marlins could come off to a, a decent start, at least offensively. I totally agree about Yelich. I'm a huge fan. I think he's primed for an all-star caliber year. He's a 300 hitter. He's got a 25 home where he's driving 90 to 100 runs, giving the opportunity. And I just, I think that, you know, just as good as they can, that outfield in particular can be. I mean, Dean Gordon did have the PED suspension last year. Justin Gore has got a lot of power, but he's inconsistent at the plate. The Prada injury. I can see where Greg's coming from. That they can definitely finish fourth, maybe fifth. And, I mean, you know, the, everything goes right for the Braves and Phillies, and it's definitely possible. I don't see it happening, but I can see where, where you get that thought from. Yeah, it's not out of the question, I would say. But, um, you know, so we're, we're at least, you know, buttering you up a little bit, Greg. You and your, you and your <laughs> hot takes. Know, listen, we talked about this the first time. I don't predict things off of when I do. I'm always right. I mean. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you're not the prophet for nothing. The prophet Greg, the prophet Gregory. Nice. I think profitable about it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, anyway, let's uh, let's move on up to this to this to the uh, top tier of the division. Uh-oh. Two teams, I think, can make a serious run at the uh, – both of the – obviously the playoffs, one being the division winner. The other one, I think, can make a run at the wild card. I have the Mets second. I think it's close, but I got the Mets finishing second behind the Nationals. What about you guys? Uh, well, obviously I'm going to disagree. I'm a little biased <laughs> here. Um, I'm rarely the optimist, specifically with the Mets, but I mean, I think the pitching staff. Is, I mean, it doesn't need to be all five of them. It doesn't need to be four of them. I think it's three of them. Yeah. You know, three of them stay healthy and do what they can do. Syndergaard. Syndergaard looks like he's primed for a big year. Degrom looks healthy. You know, the velocity looks a lot. He looks a lot better than he did last spring, that's for sure. Um, you know, he says he feels good. To group two, and if Harvey Harvey's stuff looks good, the few times I've watched him this spring, he's got the velocity up. You know, he's got a little bit of that bite back. And I, I mean, I think he could, if he stays healthy, I think he could be not quite his 2015, 2014 self, but not the 2016 version for sure. Um, and I'm just excited to see what the staff can do. I think, I mean, I think when you look at the two teams, if they both play to their full potential, I think the Mets are a little better because I think their staff's a little deeper. Yeah, and I think that. At full potential, their offense can be dangerous. Uh, it's just a matter of whether or not these guys can stay healthy. You look at Lucas Duda at first base, Neil Walker at second, Cabrera at short, uh, even right at third. I mean, all of these guys have injury problems last year. They can all hit, but at the same time, you're, you're not really sure how many games you're going to get out of them. And I think that's the one thing that stuff to count on the match for. You really don't know how, how healthy they're going to be, but I mean, I think it's going to be a great race. I do think at full strength, the Mets are better, but. You know, only time will tell to see what, how it plays out. So, love the take. Uh, I agree. One of the best rotations in baseball. My big issue with the Mets is that issue every year. They get zero runs from zero places. Um, and quite frankly, 
four other Clive starters are coming off of injuries in some way, shape, or form in the last two years. You know, obviously, Syndergaard's an animal, and he might be one of the best, if not the best, pitchers in the league right now. Um, you know, it's just hard to hit a guy who's that powerful. But, um, you know, between the five of them, I one of the best, if not the best, rotations in baseball. Not the reason... So, the, the reason why I put the Mets in second, and it's only, only for this reason, it's because I, I have a... I feel like the Nationals are like the capitals of hockey in that they always win the... They have the best record every year in the regular season, and then they crap the bed in the first three games of the playoffs, and they get swept every year, or they lose three to, three to games to one in the first round, blah, blah, blah. And I think the Mets are that team that they always seem to have some real lows in the summer, and then come August, September, they start to climb that mountain, and they're peaking at the right time. They head in the playoffs peaking, and that's just the Mets style. They get in... They start peaking. They have the pitchers to win them one-on-one games. Like Steve said, you put them up. You put these two teams in a series. I think the Mets beat them in a, in a you know in a seven-game series just based on their pitching. But uh, in terms of regular season, the only reason why I put the Nationals ahead is simply because they have that feel of the Capitals in that we're going to win a bunch of games, but it's going to mean nothing in the end. You could not have taken my thought any more perfectly. I think. While the Mets have that great rotation, the run production is what scares me from saying they're the number one team in the division. But I think that's what gives you the advantage in the playoffs. So you hit the nail right on the head. I think it could go the full distance in seven games if you're just going to put the two together. But I'd certainly give the Mets the edge. Um, I mean, I really I, I agree with you, Steve. I think Harvey's due for a bounce back. I'd love to see it. I mean, I lo- I've gone to a ton of Mets-Phillies games, both with um, our good friend Greg, uh, Jake Goldberg, him being a Mets fan, and just, you know, happened to going to other games as I've been growing up. And recently I've just loved going to see them for a couple of different reasons. One, being the pitching staff, and I've always liked watching good pitching. But the other one is Cespedes. Cespedes... He's a he is a right-handed hitter, but he also hits the shit out of the ball at Citizens Bank Park. Former Red Sox. Well, yeah, he's he's the type of guy who can carry the lineup for a month at a time. Yeah, and he's when he's red hot, he he carries the he can carry the other eight spots in the lineup. It doesn't matter who's around him. And I think that's the one the one factor that they do have in their favor. Is I do think he's looked great. I mean, you know. For the first time in his career, he really is settled in a place. You know, he's not. You know, he's moved around so much in his career. I think he really loves New York. I think he loves playing here. I think he's comfortable here. I think uh, you know now that he's got this long-term security. I think he's primed for a monstrous season. I think that's part of the reason why I like to see the Mets take the East. Really takes that Batman approach, buying the nice cars. I like that. <laughs> yeah, he's got some personality to him. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Maybe they didn't want that in Boston, it's, uh, Greg. Greg, your thoughts. Do, do they not what like Flair in Boston? Did he have cars in Boston? Do they not like Flair? Was he too oh. – do he have too much Flair? No, I mean, that was, a, that was a sell everybody season anyways. You know, that was the year they got rid of Gonza. They got rid of everyone. And they sold him shortly after they got him to the A's right at the end anyways. So. I believe you said when they traded John Lester for him, we're going to keep Cespedes and we're going to sign Lester in the offseason. And how'd that go? 
You know? Sounds, sounds about right. <laughs> it sounds like uh, someone that's not named the prophet said that. No, honestly, it was uh, that was the talk. Everyone was everyone was on everyone in Boston, myself included, was for sure they were going to sign the Red Sox, and in the end, or they were going to sign Lester back. But in the end, Lester, you know, he was just too upset and hurt by the fact they traded him, uh, and Cespedes hated Boston, and that was pretty clear right away, and and. Steve's right. He settled in. He loves New York. He, he t- people are saying that he took somewhat of a smaller paycheck, which I don't really know how, but to stay there. And, uh, you know, between their – listen, the Mets have a great rotation. They have some offensive threats that they can stay healthy. But as the Mets do every year, their bullpen, their bullpen, their bullpen blows games and blows games and blows games, which is why it's going to hurt them in the regular season. But they'll be fine in the playoffs. Plus, their, their closer just got suspended for, what, 15 games, Steve? Yeah, so, it'll be a slow start. Yeah, I mean, they really will be missed, but, you know, they got Addison Reed. I don't think they're going to miss too much in the back of the bullpen, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think that we're all in agreement that the, the Mets are probably the most primed for the postseason. I think they really make a run for it in, in terms of the wild card. I think they could even get that first wild card seed. I think... Because you're playing in a division where there's such a huge gap between the top teams and the bottom teams, comparatively to the NL West, where you have the two powerhouses of the Giants and the Dodgers, sort of going to that he- he- that heavyweight title fight, and then you have the Central with the Cubs, sort of having a stranglehold on there. I think it's tough to have a real wild or two wild card runs out of a team from both of those divisions. I think. The Nets are probably the most primed to make that and to have the record to host that that wild card game. Love it. All right, Nationals, dude. Yo, Washington. I mean, they're a great team. There's no there's no denying that. I mean, I think Harper is primed for a bounce back as well. I think he's more going to look like his 2015, you know, his MVP season so yeah. more than last year. And I think obviously we know what he can do when he's hot, and so. Trey Turner turns out to be what they expect him to be, and that lot team is going to be real dangerous. The rotation is solid with Schroesberg and Strasburg. I mean, they definitely have the tools to make a run, not only in the East, but you know, to win it all. Yeah, I think so. I think if you can see some solid starts from the, the rest of that rotation, too, Gio Gonzalez, who has been down after a couple good years, you know, a few years ago, and Tanner Roark, who we, as Americans, can all appreciate his uh, – wonderful start in the World Baseball Classic. But I think that that lineup is pretty it's pretty raring to go in terms of scoring runs. It's almost, to use Greg's Capitals uh, analogy, Harper could have you know that Ovechkin-like play in terms of putting some runs across the board, but you know, you have to wonder how is he going to show up in the playoffs if it does hold up. I think he bounces back pretty well. Um, so quick about him, quick about him. Sorry to cut you off, but like, isn't he just previewing himself to be a free agent to sign with the Yankees? Isn't that isn't that the word out there? This is how it always goes. The Yankees get these little scumbag guys like Bryce Harper who fucking shave their head like they think they're so cool. Do you think? Do you think they let him keep that haircut? No, no chance. Oh, God, no. <laughs> but, yeah, I do. I do think he's destined for the Bronx. Unfortunately, yeah. I think. I think we all can agree. I think everybody knows that it's the 
the worst kept secret in baseball that Bryce Harper is going to be going to the, <laughs> to the Yankees. When's he free agent next I year? I don't get it because he's a he's from Vegas, isn't he? Like what? Yeah. What ties does he have to New York? Just the Yankees. Yeah. Not the Yankees. It's the Red Sox. Let's go there. <laughs> they have the money. Can they pony up like the Yankees can? Leave your asshole attitude at the door, Greg. Come on. <laughs> Maybe, maybe if the, Red, the Red Sox pay people all the time. What are you saying? Maybe if the if the Nationals play the Yankees in a World Series matchup, and the Yankee fans are mean to Bryce Harper's wife, then he won't want to go nice. there. Like Cliff Lee. Big fan of that. Big fan of that. Honestly, you know, it's uh, Cliff Lee throwback. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, why would he choose New York over Boston when Boston needs the big lefty bat? No, no. Honestly, uh, the Phillies, I mean, the Nationals, you know, Jumbo Joe Blanton, Jordy? <laughs> huh? I mean, <laughs> Joe Blow? Huge return for him, right? Huge, huge return for, uh, for Joe Blow. <laughs> um, yeah. He, yeah, I mean. long the Phillies, all right? Um, yeah, what was he? He was there for, like, four years or something. And, they, and uh, reporters even forgot face, about right? – reporters forgot he was on the World Series team. When they had that <laughs> – in 2011, when they had that four-man rotation, somebody goes yeah. up to Cole Hamels and says, like, oh, yeah, how does it feel being in this, like, monster rotation and you're the, you're the only one with a World Series ring? And Joe Blanton sitting right next to him, he goes, uh, Joe, you want to you wanna answer that question? Yeah, that's what they ask. What do you guys think of their bullpen? The back of them, their bullpen is a complete mess. Yeah. I mean, they just named Blake Trine the closer, but who the hell knows how long that's going to last. You got Sean Kelly there. You got Cody Glover. I mean, they've got – but other than that, I mean, there's, there's nothing that really stands out about them. I mean, you wonder Scherzer and Strasburg aren't going seven, eight, nine innings. Yeah, you know, Strasburg's definitely not. They're going to be able to hang on to Hey, no, you know, Nationals Park is pretty cool. Have you guys ever been? Not yet. No. I've done it for the for, for the fourth a uh, couple times. 
It's obviously pretty cool being in D.C. for the 4th in general, but they have an 11 a.m. start, which is pretty pretty sweet. They do the president's race, which they let George Washington win, which as a George Washington, I can appreciate. But um, it's a cool it's cool ballpark. You get a cool view of the of the Capitol and, and the National Mall if you're looking. If you're sitting on the first baseline. Um, cool area. It's it's I believe their Navy Yard area. Really easy to take the uh, the DC Metro down there, and the DC Metro in general. Fan base. What's up? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you did you ever see the video of uh the fans trying to rally people to come to opening day because they were afraid that one year they were afraid Phillies fans were going to outnumber them, and I think the next year they were afraid Mets fans were going to outnumber them. <laughs> probably yeah. true. Probably probably is true. Yeah. But it's a, yeah, I mean that, that's a really good point too. Is that no matter who they're playing, one year it was the Cubs, another year it was the Braves, and there's always a nice mix of who's who, and it's an interesting fan base. A lot of people that I know who are Orioles fans really despise the Nationals. <laughs> well, I hate the Orioles, so good for them. Hey, hot takes. Hot takes all around. But uh, one thing that I like to do as well is, and it should be probably straightforward, but I like to pick an, in a MVP and a Cy Young Award winner, sort of the MVP, you know, the best batter, best pitcher, and then a dark horse candidate as well. So who do you guys got? Um, we're talking just within the division here. Yeah, within obviously. the division. Um, Throw some hometown bias. Cy Young, I'm going to say Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. Uh, I think he's prime for a monster season. Um, well, I do think it'll be a great race between him and Scherzer. I just think Syndergaard's ready to really take take over as one of the elite pitchers in all of baseball. I think he's easily going to throw 250 strikeouts. You know, could win 20 games if they give him the offensive support, and I think that's just his time. Uh, MVP. Yeah, why, why different? I'm going to go UNSS for this because I do think they're going to win the division. Yes. Um, trying to be a little it. optimistic with the Mets. I do think they'll win the division. If they do, UNSS will probably be the biggest factor to that. You now, you could easily see him at 30, 35 home runs. There's no ballpark that can contain him. 35 homers, 100 Kirby's, and you know, lead the Mets to a division title. Uh, Dark Horse. Dark horse for offensive MVP. You know what? I'll go Christian Yelich. Uh, I like yeah, it. He definitely put up put up some numbers for the Marlins. He's a, he's a great, really well-rounded offensive player. He's solid center fielder. Um, you know, they could surprise some people if the offense reaches its full potential and they get half decent starting pitching. You never know. They could surprise people, and I think Yelich will be a big part of that. And for Cy Young, you know, I'll go back to Philadelphia for you, Jordy. I'm going to say Aaron Nola. Woo! You know, a bit of a rough end of 2015, up and down, hurt a lot last year, but now it looks like he could be ready to take the next step. You gotta think one of him or Velasquez is ready to do that, and I'm gonna take my chances with Noah. I like it. Greg, how about you? Uh, rookie of the Year, Dansby Swanson. Oh, yeah, Rookie of the Year as well. Good call. Uh, I think he's just so much upside. I mean, he's not quite Andrew Benatendi. Well, Red Sox plug, uh, uh, pulling a Jordy and plugging the Sox all over the place, but he's not, he's not, yeah, Danzy Swanson, I think, uh, Cy Young, uh, Syndergaard, I think a uh, close second would be your boy Joe Blanton, no, just kidding, <laughs> no, I, honestly, I think uh, Syndergaard's just an animal, he's too good, and, and yeah, I think he's he runs away with the Cy Young for this division, MVP, 
Um, honestly, I want to. I, I would like to give it to Giancarlo just because he's been carrying that team for so long, and I think he's primed to do it again. And and for him to get his his uh, you know something some recognition would be nice. Um, you know, give give him some love. Be different. Mix it up. Um, what was the other one? MVP. MVP. Uh, I mean, can Syndergaard win both? You could. Uh, there it is. First first pitcher to do it. Just to, just to throw a rookie of the year out there. I'll throw a Trey Turner out there. Washington Nationals. Ooh, I like that. You know, hitting at the top of that lineup. He's going to score some runs. Looks like he can steal some bases. 300 hitter, maybe 20, 25 home more power. Could be, could be a future star. I like that. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to agree with you guys for Cy Young. I think it's it's Syndergaard's to lose, I think. Uh, close second. Could be Scherzer. It could be... It could, I mean, it could be anybody on the Mets staff, whoever really I mean, emerges as the... Uh, don't overlook Julio Tehran in Atlanta either. Yeah, that's true. Julio Tehran. Let's... Um, I could throw him as my dark horse. I mean, that... Um, Depending on how the Braves come out, I think he could. I mean, he's the future of that Atlanta team, um, and you know, I think I think that Atlanta, you know, we went over could be fourth, but I think Tehran could really be the uh, the catalyst that carries Atlanta going forward. But um, yeah, all right. So I want to get Stevie G's take on uh, MLB as a whole, American League. Who's in the AL championship? Who comes out? Who and the National League, obviously, and then World Series, stuff like that. I'll give my year-end predictions as well for the league. All right. Um, I guess I'm going to start division winners. I at least I'll take your Red Sox, Greg. Pitching staff is just too solid up and down. The lineup will be good. Bogarts, uh, Bogarts, and Betzel. You know they're just perennial all stars at this point. They'll carry that lineup to a title. Um, out west, I do love the Rangers, but I'm going to go with the Mariners. You know, just as a dark horse, I think at some point they're going to break through. The pitching staff, you know, James Paxton finally breaks through. They could be good. They're solid in the middle line out with Cruz, Seager, and Cano. They're definitely a potential uh, champion out there. In the Central, um, Central's a little tough. I guess I'll take the Tigers. Um, I'm not, or I guess I'll take the Indians. Yeah, they went to the NL title last year. The staff still looks good. Bringing Edwin Encarnacion was a great move to bolster that lineup. They Love that good. move. Uh, wild card teams. Wild card teams. Uh, I'll take the Jays and the Astros. Um, I think the Astros share you know, that lineup looks really good. All that young talent starting to come together. Uh, the Jays still have a very potent lineup. Uh, Aaron Sanchez, Marcus Schoen at the top of that staff. Robert Zuna at the back end. Bullpen should be solid for them. Um, I'll take the Red Sox and the Indians in the AL championship with the Indians winning in six. Sorry, Greg. Uh, National League, as I mentioned, I'll take the Mets in the East. Um, Cubs, obviously, in the Central. That, that team is just stacked and top to bottom. Uh, that roster is slow to talent. Uh, out West, I'll go with the Dodgers. I think their lineup's a little deeper than the Giants. You know, I love Bob Garner. I love Cradle leading that staff. I think the Dodgers will take it at the end. Wild cards, I'll take the Nats. Uh, I think they're really solid up and down. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll win enough games to get to the playoffs. Uh, they'll probably play the Giants in the wild card game. Uh, I'll take the Giants over them. Bob Garner's just too good in a one-game situation. 
uh, NL, NL Championship. Give me the Mets over the Cubs, because, you know, why the hell not? Ooh. And then uh, the Mets and the Indians, you know. We suffer enough as a fan base, they can suffer a little longer, so. The Mets and Seven <laughs> over the Indians, the World Series. <laughs> that is nice. I like it. Nice. Craig, yeah, you, want, I mean, you want to be prophetic I mean, now? Hard to disagree with the division winners there with Steve. Um, you know, obviously, I have a, things a little shape up a little differently in the playoffs. Um, you know, uh, the Indians are great. They added they added talent, but they really rallied around Mike Napoli last year. And losing him, losing that clubhouse presence, I think, is a huge deal. Uh, yeah, they still have Francona, and he's going to outmanage. Carroll in the in the ALCS, but uh, at the end of the day, yeah, I think the Red Sox pull it through. I think their aces are going to be healthy enough at the time, and uh, they need some bullpen help, so we'll see what they bring in at the deadline. Um, National League, I think Cubs-Mets, again, in the ALCS is going to be a wild, wild... Uh, NLCS? Yeah, there you go. NLCS is going to be a wild one. Come on, Greg. Question. What's the one with the Giants? Even years or odd years? Even years. Even years. All right. So they're out. There you go. No, but uh, Mets, Cubs, honestly, no team has repeated. Um, but so, I Since a team Cubs, you don't talk about? Well, no teams that, uh, yeah, obviously I want to talk about. <laughs> you, don't rec- uh, you don't recognize the repeats. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so because you want to ignore it doesn't mean it didn't happen. <laughs> Listen, it goes like you're, aware the, you're aware the Patriots are 18 and 1, right? Yeah. Or that the, uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm aware the Patriots are Super Bowl champs. I know that, right? Right, Jordy? And they did win. <laughs> you also don't recognize Game 7 of the Flyers Bruins series, right? In 2010? I, I don't remember. I blacked out before the game. <laughs> ended, I was there when. I was at that game and the Bruins were up 3 nothing and, uh,. That's the last thing I remember. Gagne pumps one in. You black out an awful lot, Greg. <laughs> I, awfully, I remember... Awfully convenient times for you, too. <laughs> Listen, I remember the push-off that wasn't called in the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> the giant Super Bowl there that they uh, they somehow squeaked out with the... Uh, anyways. By Super it. Mario? Uh, here's, here's the thing, Jordy. Uh, Cubs... Sox World Series. I wanted it last year really bad. I think I get it this year. And uh, no homer, no favoritism. Uh, definitely, definitely gonna go to the Cubs. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so. Awesome. So. Yeah, I think I think I think uh, how terrible John Farrell is at, at managing is gonna catch up with the Red Sox. I think Madden's too creative and and too good of a manager, whereas Farrell's just not great in game managers. Joe Madden had a rough run in the playoffs last year, though. Yeah, he got his bumps out of the way. Now he's won a World Series, and uh, he's been there a couple times. So. Yeah, I mean, he he went to Lafayette, so you don't give him too much credit. <laughs> but, Did you already get this on a different podcast, Jordy? Or? Yeah, I'll, I'll sort of bookend everything together. You and I got Red Sox in the AL East. Then I had the... What do we do next? AL West. I had the Mariners winning. I had the Dodgers winning the NL West. The Indians winning the AL Central. Cubs winning the NL Central. Nationals today for the AL or the AL or the NL East. Jesus. 
Uh, wild cards, talked about it before. I think it's Giants and Mets in the National League, so I'll start there. I think the Mets would beat the Giants in that. It'd be a great game, hard-fought, good pitching. I think they the Mets just have a little bit of an edge there. Like I said, I think they have home field over the Giants, so I think that makes all the difference. That would put them up against the Cubs in the in the NL, NLDS because I think the Cubs would be the number one seed, which is unfortunate to see because it's a five-game series, not seven. Go Cubs, go. Yeah, I would probably have to give the Cubs the edge there, although that's going to be – the Mets could easily take that 3-1 if the Cubs don't really do anything about their bullpen. But I'm going to give the Cubs – w- When the weather's cold, man – the pitching is what matters. Yeah, exactly. That's a really good point. But I think I think I give the Cubs bats a little more of an edge than the Mets pitching. I think it really, I mean, I think uh, Matt and I talked about this in our NL Central podcast. The Cubs pitching is my big concern, but I think I'd give them the edge just barely in the NLC in the NLDS. Other side would be the West and the Nationals. Give it to the Dodgers. Nationals of the, like you said, Greg, are the capitals of the of the of Major League Baseball, and I think the Dodgers finally get over their hump of uh, playoff choking and finally make. Well, they've made it to the NLCS before, but I think Dodgers Cubs good series there. I think you have to give the Cubs the edge a little bit, but another good series, good starters. But I think the Cubs bats get it. Move over to the the American League. Who did I have in the in the, in the wild card? Um, I had both AL East teams. I had the I had the Blue Jays and Orioles. Yeah, I think I had I think I had blue. Yeah, you and I agreed. Blue Jays and Orioles is the wild card. You had the Yankees second, didn't you? Though. Sorry, yeah, you had the Yankees and. and yeah, and, uh, I had the Blue Jays and the Orioles. You had the Yankees and the Orioles. I but I do rematch of last year. I think the Orioles end up pulling that out. Um, but I think who would be first? I'd give the first seed to the Indians, which I think the Indians pull out over the Orioles. Um, and then the Red Sox versus the Mariners. I think the Mariners not having as much experience in the playoffs is the difference maker there. The Red Sox move on. And in a Red Sox-Indians showdown, I don't really like seeing repeats of matchups. So, Greg, I'll give you the nod. Well, it's a seven-game seven series. Last time, they only had five. So that's true. They get, they get a couple extra games to uh, figure some things up. Yeah, that's true. But as much as I like the Indians, I think the Red Sox finally get there, or quote, finally, with this team. Um, Cubs, Red Sox, World Series. It's so tough to repeat, but I think I have to give them the edge. Go, Cubs, go. Listen, if you just want to copy my picks, feel free. I'm a big fan. Hey, I mean, uh, but the, I, I, listen, the Yankees try for a bounce back. They have no pitching, and uh, I hate the Yankees. But, uh, Jordy, real quick. Yeah. Real quick. Do you think over-under uh, by June 1st, John Muster has stopped throwing to first again like last year? By June 1st? Yeah. I'll, what is under before or is under whatever you want? I say he he continues throwing to first through the All Star break. Ah, 
it makes it that far this year, huh? I said in the NL Central uh, podcast that my hot take was that John Lester finally becomes confident in throwing to first base, and that gives him a very strong 2017 season. Uh, uh, listen, Stevie G, who's your AL MVP? AL MVP? Catch me off guard with that. Um, uh, let's see. Um, I guess I'd have to go with Bobby Cano. Uh, Bobby! Mariners win the last. I think, I think you know, I used, used to not think he was a little overrated. Now I'm at the point where I think he's still he's a little underrated. You know, he's got out west to the Mariners. He's kind of blown under the radar out there. He's still putting up big numbers. If that team makes the playoffs, you know, that middle lineup sh- should all really produce. I think he's primed for a, for a big year for them. Wow, I love it. Something different. Good for you. Craig, who you got? Yeah. Or is it even a question? I mean, if you want a dark horse, like maybe Carlos Correa from the Astros. I like that. Too. I mean, Alex, a lot of Alex Rodriguez in him, that ballpark, just, you know, he could put 25, 30 home runs easy. That, I expect that team to be really good as well. So, Carlos Correa is to watch in that race, too. I like that. Craig, what do you got in the AL? Is it even a question? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't pick. You can't pick David Ortiz, so I'm not sure who you would, who you would think to pick. I mean, Mookie Betts. Duh. Have I heard of him? He should have won last year. He's, uh, honestly, it's tough to do in back-to-back years. Um, and Mookie was robbed last year. And I mean, I think there's such a homer bias for for Mike Trout. It's it's absurd. Um, but honestly, there's so much talent. Offensively, I, I think this is the year that a pitcher gets it, and uh, I'm gonna have to give it to my boy uh, Chris Hill. Big time, big Jesus time card. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Jesus! No, 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 I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, no, honestly, I think uh, I think legit it, it's gonna be Trout again. Uh, he's just too good, too talented, and and everyone loves him, and that's just. It's hard to hard to root against a favorite. I think I think Trout gets the gets the nod again. I agree. <coughs> fly Eagles fly. He's a big Eagles fan. He and Carson Wentz oh. best friends. Oh Jesus! Yeah, that makes him greater. <laughs> the South Jersey oh. native. Um, no, I think he. I mean, you and I debated this a little bit. I think Mookie's definitely a good good candidate. I really like the Body Cano pick. Um, I've all, I've yeah. wanted him to do well with the, with the Mariners. I think kind of similar to to your Cespedes pick for the uh, your NL East MVP, Steve. Of uh, if they do make a run and win the division, like you and I both think, I think that that's a certainly a good way to pad the resume for your your MVP candidacy. I think Cy Young for the division. Uh, or for the, not for the division, for the league. Hmm. Probably go with, tough to say, I want to think it's someone on the Indian staff. I want to I want to say Kluber, but I'm too scared. No chance. Yeah, I'm too scared to pick him. I'd pick Carrasco over Kluber, so that's what I'm going to go with. Oh, Carrasco struggled this spring. I haven't, yeah. from what I can tell, it seems like he, he hasn't looked as fast. Uh Cy Young, I'll probably go back to Boston, unfortunately, and say Chris Sale. I think in that team, he's going to win a lot of games. You know, he's got some dominant stuff, and being a part of a playoff race should really energize him, and I think he's going to have a big year for them. Yeah, so that's, a good, that's a good take. I didn't want to give uh, I didn't want to give Greg any more credit. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I try not to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, honestly, I'm not picking him. I talked about this for the first uh, one, Steve, that, you know, 
you look at uh, Porcello year one, struggled year two, Cy Young. You know, I think I think Sale's gonna be good, not great next year. Will uh, two years, next year will be his year. I hope he's awesome, unbelievable. They're gonna need him to be, especially with uh, David Price starting hurt. But you know, same reason that you're picking Canal, I'm picking King Felix. Uh, Cy Young here, I think he's he's primed for a big year. Everyone's energized out in Seattle. He's uh, yeah, he's up there in age, but he's I think he's still got some gas in the tank, and, and he's gonna he's primed for a great big one. I like that. What about uh, let's move to the National League? Who you got? Uh, National League MVP. You know, I really want to give it to Chris Bryant again. He's just such a good baseball player. You know, it's. It's easy to see him win it back to back, but say changing. I mean, I'll say Bryce Harper. I think he's gonna have a big year for that, more like his 2015 MVP season. Yeah, I would take I would take Harper as well. For me, it's tough to pick. It's tough to pick because you know you Rizzo, Schwarber, uh, obviously Bryant. I mean, it's it's tough to pick. I, any three of them are, are unreal and talent wise, just really good. And I think people go into the season hoping Bryce Harper is gonna win, but. Uh, I'm gonna mix it up. I'm going. Uh, you know, I'm going back to uh, Chris Bryant, two years in a row. There you go. Hey, Trump. Yeah. I, I have Trump winning okay. two years in a row. I have Trump winning two years in a row. I'm gonna go back to Bryant winning two years in a row. It's a good we pick. Interesting. Really interesting dark horse, Corey Seager of the Dodgers. You know, Love really that. Good. He looks like he's starting to really figure it out. He's got 30, 35 home potential. Uh, what should be a really good Dodgers team? I like that a lot. Craig, he's, you, he's always got takes. You got you have a dark horse for the National League, Greg? I'm saying, no, I said no. I'm saying Steve has good takes all over the place. Well, no, I'm I'm agreeing. I'm asking if you have a pick. Yeah, no, no dark horse for me. I, I stick to my convictions. I'm, I'm a one man guy. It's good to know. <laughs> I would never cheat on you, Jordy. I'm a one man guy. <laughs> I might have to. I think sort of echo your division dark horse. I don't think he necessarily gets into the National League MVP talks. He could get a couple votes, but I think Yelich is somebody to watch out for. Definitely all-star caliber season is in order for him this year. So who's your MVP for the National League? I already said, I already said Harper. Oh, yeah, yeah, Harper. Nice. I, Cy Young, I'm giving it to Syndergaard. I think he's too good, too gross, and uh, he's awesome. He's my favorite. Yeah, it's his to lose. Yeah, it, yeah obviously I'll agree with that. There's a lot of pitching talent in the National League. Yeah. You can never count out the guys at West, Kershaw, and Bumgarner either. Have you ever seen the picture of a – it's a meme of uh, Syndergaard in, in, like, middle school? It's yeah, like, his high school yearbook. His high, yeah, his high school yearbook <laughs> picture it says – it's like him with a Hawaiian shirt, and it says he can throw 105 now. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Every time I look at that, I can't, I cannot stop laughing. Is that it? We, did we just really the man. Sorry, Steve. He is the man. You're right. Did we just finish the uh, the baseball preview for the Thunderblog? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Hey yo. But we still got a little business to do, Greg. You've been bugging me about the stadium snack for this week, for about two weeks now. Take it away. Tell us about the lobster poutine. Uh, thanks for the lead-up. You just ruined what it was. Please, Jordy. <laughs> well, I've already talked about it before, so people are, people want to know. Brutal. No, and it came out. It came out of the big big topic here in Boston. Lobster poutine, obviously combining uh, what Boston is known for. 
with poutine, which everyone loves. Uh, my biggest fear was I wouldn't I wasn't sure how the gravy was gonna go with the lobster. You know, yeah, it's never really a good combo. But the pictures that that I saw today, if you want, you can check it on Instagram. I mean, on uh, Twitter, you can find the pictures I saw today. Uh, it it came out. It looked like cheese. It didn't look like it looked like it was a cheese gravy, not a not a brown meat gravy. You know. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture you sent me, and, th- and that's exactly what it was, or what I thought. Um, I mean, the lobster looks fresh, obviously, because yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a good photo, but I can't imagine that they're going to keep that much lobster that fresh all the time in Fenway Park. I mean, you, you, if you've been there, it's, it's, it's pretty hard to keep anything fresh outside of the uh, shelled peanuts, which, again, is my go-to, uh, go-to stadium snack, and I'm sticking by it, but I was excited about the whole uh, lobster routine. I figured I'd share. It's uh, good, good food to talk about on the bullpen card. Oh, definitely a good stadium snack, and we're always looking for more. So if you have one, feel free to shoot it over to us on Twitter, Facebook, any of that good stuff. Leave a comment on the uh, on this uh, you know post, I guess. Uh, Steve, when you go to City Field, what's a good snack to get, and and or what's your go to? Oh man, that's tough. City Field, City Field has a ton of really incredible food options. Uh, Keats Grill is one of my favorites. You know, his hamburger is really good, pretty standard. Ooh. But, you know, you get, a, you get a nice little Tootsie Pop with it. It's not a bag of chips. <laughs> nice burger, lettuce, tomato. It's really good. Um, like, you can't go wrong with any of the options. Yeah. You can't, you, can't, you can't go wrong with any of the options there. Shake Shack's great. I mean, there's tons of, tons of great food all over the ballpark. They just put in a Shake Shack at the Wells Fargo Center. It's, the line is never not packed. Oh, no, it's, uh, if you're not there before uh, 6 o'clock to get online for the Shake Shack, you're waiting like two, two and a half, three innings, maybe. Yeah, you're pretty much fucked if you're not, not there. Really fucked. Yeah. You're not, it's not ideal. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't know if they're going to put it into Citizens Bank Park, but we've, we've Matt and I have talked a bunch about different things that they're putting in there, which uh, my, big, my big one to go for, Greg and I have talked about this, but usually try to get a hot dog. They do a hot dog of the month. And also just, you know, the standard dog. Uh, there's also this place, Bulls Barbecue, that's pretty good, which, you know, m- like most pro stadiums, named after former player Greg Luzinski, the Bull. Uh, he usually, on an afternoon game, will be sitting there, which is a uh, Army George, my dad. It's a, uh, a standard of his whenever he goes and gets Bulls Barbecue is to go up and talk to Greg Luzinski for, <laughs> for a little bit during uh, – during the pregame, but moving on, we uh, Steve. Steve, as a as a as a new member or a new person to the podcast, don't you think Jordy should read the description of the of the snack of the week in like a nice, low, sexy, soothing voice? Don't you think that'd be a great segment for the yeah, he, podcast? Greg and I were debating this going into the show tonight. What do you think? I have to hear it to be a judge, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> Off the top of my head, it doesn't sound great. Yeah, I thought it sounds creepy. Yeah, it's worth a shot, I guess. Nice little voice like this. Worth a shot once, right? Or a movie phone voice. I like that. Wait, wait, wait. you got to hear that again. Say that again. Everything's worth a shot once. We we go to get the hot dog before the game, and then we go to Bulls Barbecue. That felt weird. That wasn't cool. Well, no, that's not what I meant. Like you got to be like. And the, the lobster on top of the french fries looks, you know. Looks 
Exquisite. It looks decadent. Yes, you're right. Anyway, we'll work on it. Yeah, that's um. For those that that, that still stayed tuned, thank you. Um, we're running out of time here. I got I got nothing else. Do you guys have anything? Have anything? No, I'm kind of mind. Awesome, Greg. Hey, listen. Thanks for having me on. Hey. Uh, cool. Kind of fun. I think you need to get Steven on here more because he uh, clearly knows his stuff and he's definitely a baseball guy and he watches uh, pretty regularly. So I think I think it's good to. I think. I don't know, Steve. I thought you did well. I thought you did great. Yeah, Steve, thank you so much for coming on. And like Greg said, whenever you want, you're more than welcome to come on. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to join whenever. Awesome. First uh, first Mets affiliate series right before. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, that comes pretty quick. That's week two. Dollar Dog Night on April. Dollar Dog Night, April 10th, Philadelphia. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I already talked to Goldberg. Park, right? Anything yep. to get people in the park. Exactly. <laughs> well, I already, I already called Goldberg, trying to get him to fly down from Toronto. Hey, little housekeeping. Now the season's starting. Are you? What's the deal? Are you and Maddie going to do one every week or every couple weeks? What's the deal? Yeah, the idea is probably to try to do it on Sundays, drop it Sunday night. Um, so thank you for bringing that up, Craig. For all of you that are that are wondering, probably drop it Sunday night into Monday morning. Try to try to do it in conjunction with power rankings. Uh, I'm going to try to do that that blog post again. Um, so we're going to be working on that. If you have any ideas for segments, any thoughts on what you like, what you don't like, please let us know. Leave a like, a share, a comment, subscription, any social media term that I'm not including here. Do it. And, you know, really, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you again to Greg and Steve for coming on. And I think that wraps things up here. So for the bullpen cart, this is Jordy Cannell. Have a good night, everyone.